0: And welcome back to another episode of On the Mix. I'm your host, Lindsay. And today I wanted to talk to you guys about the very famous Congress meeting with Twisted Sister, but not only Twisted Sister, John Denver and Frank Zappa. So essentially, if you don't know about the story, there was a group of individuals, primarily politicians, predominantly politicians' wives. And they created this group in the 80s during the Reagan administration called the Parents Music Resource Center. And they were trying to crack down on what they considered to be, quote, porn rock, end quote, music. So like hair metal music. And they were suggesting that these kinds of songs and albums that were extremely suggestive and that were discussing topics such as BDSM or bondage or sex and other types of things like that, violence and language and whatever was like having a detrimental effect on the youth of America at this time. And so essentially what happened was in 1985, the resource center, the PMRC, who was run by Tipper Gore, the wife of Al Gore at the time, they had sent out letters to... Twisted Sisters, Dee Snyder, who is the lead singer, they sent out a letter to Frank Zappa and they sent out a letter to John Denver to discuss the topic of creating some kind of rating system where, similarly to how movies are rated, where you have PG, PG 13, rated R, and you have all the other ones in between G, you know, you have all of those ratings. They wanted to do something similar in the music industry. And at this time, they wanted to kind of create something similar. So they wanted to do like O means occult, V means violence, S means sex, and blah, blah, blah. They wanted to get their opinions and to speak with these three musicians on the topic at hand. So they actually created this list that they called the Filthy Fifteen which consisted of 15 songs from artists that they consider to be the worst of the worst, very objectionable, and what they thought was pretty harmful for the youth at this time. So again, this was the 80s, right? So you have a lot of hair metal bands. You've got like Kiss, you've got Twisted Sister, you've got Def Leppard, you've got even Madonna, you know, you've got all the range of artists all the range of genres at this time, but they were predominantly cracking down on rock music. And of course, those kind of rock bands that would have the crazy hair, like Motley Crue, the hair and the makeup, and you know, all of them. So they were cracking down on them mostly, but this list of Filthy 15 has a couple that I was actually shocked that they considered these songs to be offensive so the 15 that they had on this list the first one was prince's darling nikki second one was sheena easton's sugar walls third one was judas priest eat me alive the fourth one was vanity's strap-on robbie baby the fifth one was motley Crue's bastard the sixth one was acdc's let me put my love into you the seventh is the one that we're going to be talking about today twisted sisters we're not going to take it the eighth one is madonna's dress you up The ninth one is the rap group Wasp with their song Animal, Fuck Like a Beast. The 10th song is Def Leppard's High and Dry. The 11th one is Merciful Fate Into the Coven. The 12th one is Black Sabbath's Trashed. 13th one, I was surprised by this, Mary Jane Girls' In My House. I'm surprised that a lot of these songs are on there doesn't really make sense to me, but yet again, these are like repressed politicians and politicians' wives that are very up in arms. It's like that meme in The Simpsons of that woman going, think of the children. It's essentially that kind of thing going on. It's very caring of them. The 14th one is Venom's Possessed. And the last one, probably one of the most shocking of this list, because I don't see this being a bad song at all. Cindy Lauper's She-Bop they're really mostly concerned at this time with not only the lyrical content of these songs they're concerned with the names of the groups they're concerned with the names of the songs themselves they're concerned with the album covers they're concerned with it all and what they're really just seeing is they're taking things at face value and they're just deeming this as oh well this sounds suggestive this sounds extremely violent This is suggesting this kind of ideation to our children, and we don't want to have that. So, you know, this was at a time where I think the 80s in some fashion were very repressed in terms of censorship, because even when this was going on, you know, the topic of censorship involving songs on the radio was a massive problem. I mean, I was even shocked that John Denver was asked to come on here because I was thinking to myself, what songs does john denver have that would be considered very scandalous but he mentioned his song rocky mountain high was apparently a song that was banned from the radio because it implied getting high similarly i suppose to the doors when they had their song light my fire and they had the lyric in there we couldn't get much higher so i suppose the topic of censorship and music has always been very prevalent and you take it back as far as elvis presley where even they were trying to repress him with how he was moving on stage. And so I think now we're in the 80s and things are taking a different turn in the music sphere itself. Again, you had the really heavy metal music, the hair metal music. You had bands like Kiss that were making a massive scene and were like, they were trolling, I suppose, like very uptight people. You know, like, oh, wow, men wearing makeup and having really long hair and dressing like women and going on stage and doing whatever they do on stage and having album covers that look occult-like or having songs that are all about sex or beating up women or all these kinds of things. Like, that's what this whole committee was created for. It was for the purpose of let's stop this kind of rhetoric and this kind of music from being pushed to our young children. Because they were like, oh, our children are so young and impressionable. And the reason why there's so much violence among children now is because of this kind of music. But were they not also taking into consideration that some of these movies and shows that were out at the time, like the horror type movies, the slasher movies and all that stuff, is in a similar vein to the kind of like heavy metal music that's all fantasy based that's coming out. But they don't have any issue with that. Is it because there's a rating for those i'm not sure so they were trying to put a grapple and a a hook into the music scene and say let's just cover this entirely and let's create a rating system with a sticker that lets people know on the album covers what kinds of themes are being talked about here so that you can just avoid picking these up for your children which I think is lazy parenting because in this committee meeting with Dee Snyder, John Denver, and Frank Zappa, there was a moment where Al Gore was talking to Dee Snyder. And by the way, I would highly suggest that you watch this, it's on YouTube in parts. So Al Gore was kind of talking about to Dee Snyder how he thinks that it's cumbersome to ask a parent to sit down and listen to an entire record for the purpose of making sure that their children aren't going to be listening to something that they deem to be devil worshipping or promoting sex or violence or whatever. So he thought what Dee Snyder was proposing, which was you sit down, you buy the album, you listen to an album, you look at the lyrics, and that's literally the least that you can do for your child. Al Gore was coming back at Dee Snyder and he said, well, that's very cumbersome to ask that of a parent to sit down and listen to an entire album, which I think that just shows that lazy parenting is not a great way to ever parent your children. Like, to be lazy like that, I think, is really showing that you don't really give a fuck about your child in that way. Literally, Dee Snyder is correct. If you are so gung-ho about making sure that your children aren't listening to certain things that have certain topics in it that you don't think they should hear it at that age depending on how old the child is, you buy the album at that time an album was like six seven eight nine ten dollars you buy it. Most records were about approximately half an hour long still are to this day 10 tracks each track's maybe three minutes. it's not a whole length of time that you're wasting here. you sit down you play the record you listen to the songs and every single album mostly had printed out lyrics with the album itself. So you could read what was being said there, and you could hear it, and it doesn't take that long. What the committee, what the PMRC was trying to do was slap a very lazy sticker and kind of blanket every single album and say, okay, this has these ratings on it. So a lazy parent could just see, oh, this has the rating for V, which means violence. So I'm not going to pick that up for my kid. But, like, it's so subjective what each person could consider certain explicit content because children really only had the money to afford maybe one album a week, maybe one album a month, maybe not even that. And, you know, kids back then were really starting to become more independent. And as the, the decades progressed through the 60s, and the 70s, now the 80s, each generation of children that see how their parents used to live and how repressive things were with each decade, they try their best to kind of form an independence. And they try to kind of ask themselves, like, who am I? What do I stand for, right? And the music reflects what's happening in the country at the time and in the world at large at the time. So to kind of say that all these bands are just promoting these kinds of topics and say that as a blanket statement for everybody, I think is very... Harmful to do. And again, it just shows that these people in the PMRC and Horty 20 people that were probably doing shady things in the background, but were trying to point fingers at other people, were trying to silence and repress the music that was coming out, which to be fair, like it's not supposed to really be serious. You know, like you have Kiss doing their songs, I want to rock and roll all night. You have Twisted Sisters, We're not going to take it anymore. Which is just a song that D Snyder wrote back when he was really young when he was like angry and he was just saying in general we're not gonna take it. But because of the music video that was put out alongside the song, that's where a lot of the point of contentions came from for the committee versus D Snyder in this instance, because they were trying to say that the music video was promoting violence and that was not true, and that the song was promoting violence, which was not true. And another instance that D Snyder was talking about was. There was a song that Twisted Sister had called Under the Blade, which Dee Snyder wrote for one of his band members at the time who was going to have surgery to remove throat polyps. He was like, listen, when you're in surgery, I'm going to write a song for you. And the song Under the Blade was essentially just a song that was talking about how people are so scared about going into surgery that you feel like you're strapped to the table And that there's a bright light above you and they're coming closer with you to the knife and you're scared. And Tipper Gore was trying to say that this song meant bondage and BDSM when in reality it's just the fear that people experience when they have something like surgery coming up and she tried to make it about another thing another example which is so stupid she was trying to insinuate that twisted sister had a t-shirt that had the band on it with a woman in bondage a naked woman in bondage on the t-shirt and d Snyder's like produce this t-shirt for me and then i'll shut my mouth but we don't have anything like that so try to prove me wrong but al gore was like no 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 Miss Gore meant t-shirts, plural. There's a Twisted Sister t-shirt and then a t-shirt separate with a woman in bondage on it. She didn't mean your t-shirt had a woman in bondage on it. So, again, like, they were backpedaling. I think what was really funny in this whole committee is that they didn't expect, I think out of all of them, Dee Snyder came through with the purpose of trying to shake up the narrative because you see someone like Dee Snyder who has that really large permed blonde hair and he's tall and he's wearing like the ripped cutoff denim vest, you know, the pants and the cowboy boots, all of that, you know. And he is like quite a figure to look at. And then he sits down and he's so eloquent in what he's saying, which is why I seriously suggest that you listen to it. It took place September 19th, 1985. Again, Zappa had his own thoughts on it. Denver had his own thoughts about it. What was interesting about this event as well that I thought was kind of shady was the association that was going to create the labels for All Music Albums Henceforth had already met with the PMRC and they agreed to label albums with the Parental Advisory Stickers. And there was no legislation on the floor. So the hearing was meant to serve as a forum for airing the issue itself. So basically, the people that they were asking to come in and talk about this couldn't even have a sway over the committee because an action was already decided to have these parental advisory stickers that we all know and we have seen since the 80s on all of our music albums was already put into place. So they couldn't win anything. They were just there to kind of... Vouch for themselves and to kind of maybe destigmatize what was happening in the music industry at the time. So, Dee Snyder actually said a lot about this incident, this event, of course, because he was one of the main players. And I think his 30 minute talk with the committee really stands out amongst everything. So, he has this to say about the event. It was dead in the middle of the Reagan era, and conservative powers held sway over political social and economic arenas this was no place for a bunch of painted up foul-mouthed preening rockers but as is usually the case when conservatism reigns the arts lean decidedly in the opposite direction hence the nickname the decade of decadence loud and very proud things were clearly headed for an impasse this essentially negated any effort the unholy trinity of frank zappa john denver and myself might make and made our being there moot. There was no way for us to win, yet I did welcome the opportunity to show the PMRC and the Senate subcommittee how you should not judge a book by its heavy metal cover. So not only did this committee talk to John Denver, Frank Zappa, and Dee Snider, but they also presented a couple of record albums. They presented Pyromania by Def Leppard, they presented the WOW album by Wendy Williams, and they presented the WASP album by rap group WASP. And they also presented the music video Hot for Teacher by Van Halen and the We're Not Gonna Take It video by Twisted Sister in question here and they commented much has changed since elvis seemingly innocent times Subtlety, suggestions and innuendo have given way to overt expressions and descriptions of often violent sexual acts drug taking and flirtations with the occult the record album covers to me are self-explanatory said paula hawkins who was one of the women among tipper gore who created the pmrc they thought that not only were the music videos the songs themselves but the album covers are severely hindering the growth of their children and they are teaching their children horrible wrong things but that's with every single generation like i've already mentioned before and then she even mentioned it herself elvis presley when you look back on it right she said elvis's seemingly innocent times but back in the 50s Elvis was swiveling his hips up there on stage singing about rocking and rolling, they threatened to put this man in jail just for literally dancing to his own music and for, you know, singing rhythm and blues, which was, you know, the backbone of, you know, black artists at the time. So, and he was also great friends with many black artists, which, you know, at the time of segregation, that was very controversial. So it's very ironic to me that now in 2023, we look back at the 80s, With these campy songs, we're not going to take it, and I want to rock and roll all night, and whatever other songs were on there. It's funny because it's all campy, and it was meant to purposefully be campy because they were just trying to come out with something new and innovative and different in the 80s with rock music, you know? I think that's awesome. Every decade, there's a new genre to look at. And I think also with each decade, that new genre is deemed as something weird and strange. Like in the 90s, it was grunge and a lot of people hated on grunge and called it cringe and said, oh, look at these grunge people with their hair not washed and looking like a bunch of weirdo freaks and whatever else they said. And, you know, all these depressed, junky weirdos, like... You know, talking bad about Kurt Cobain or Billy Corgan or Eddie Vedder or Lane Staley, like that, which is so weird. But I think it's very interesting that all these bands are like, listen, this is not real. Like, we're not actively over here telling your children to go murder and rape people and to be violent and whatever, you know, and that we're just here for a bit of campy fun, similarly to. You know, certain kinds of movies and shows that were on at the time that were very popular and very prevalent. So it it is what it is. And I think it's just a bit of silly nonsense, essentially. And, you know, they had some other speakers there that, you know, were just saying that the music of the time, that porn metal music, the porn rock music that they were dubbing was horrible because it was different from the church music of the jazz and rock and roll age of the 40s and 50s and all of that, they considered the quote-unquote porn rock to have elements of hatred. And that, oh, well, these musicians are teaching our children to hate other people. And that's not true, and that has never been true. Are there bands out there that definitely talk about occult-like kind of stuff? Sure. But most of these bands are just a bit of campy fun, especially in the 80s. It was all for a bit of fun and games, that's all that it was for. So the fact that these people like Tipper Gore and all of these other people took this very seriously and they actively tried to dismantle the heavy metal genre as an entirety is really silly to me because like I said, if you look back on all of that now, it's just so silly and it's innocent, you know, compared to maybe what's being put out there now and all the other kinds of genres that we have now. So it's really interesting because this sticker was utilized and this was put into rotation. And of course, it still is here today, the very famous parental advisory sticker. But some people consider that to be almost like a reversal of what the PMRC intended for that sticker to be because they intended to have that sticker to mean avoid this at all costs because it has very outlandish content that maybe you don't want to listen to or your children wouldn't want to listen to. But it almost was looked at as a ooh this album has very interesting subject matters that's really cool i want to purchase this just because it has the sticker so now it became almost like a forbidden fruit type of situation like a pandora's box situation you know like you see an album that has a parental advisory sticker and you kind of know that it's going to be good because it talks about interesting things or it sounds really interesting because you almost kind of compare those rock albums that had the parental advisory sticker or hip-hop and rap albums. They had those on there, too. And then you compared that to maybe safer stuff that maybe other people considered square or, like, boring or wasn't worth your time to listen to because it was just dull. So it's just kind of funny. Like, the kids were actively looking for this kind of content because it spoke, to about what they were going through as well. And a lot of these rock bands were very vocal about speaking about things that not a lot of people wanted to talk about. Like they wanted to destigmatize mental health because that at the time was not talked about. They wanted to share with the world that, hey, I have feelings and you have feelings and we feel this together and you're not alone in this together. And that's what music is supposed to do for us. And so kids at this time was going to these bands that were just also fun, It meant nothing to them, and sometimes most of the kids didn't even know what the lyrics were about. They just enjoyed what they heard, and that's enough for them. That's kind of all that really I wanted to say about this situation. They really tried this PMRC committee. They really tried to dismantle everything, and they really tried to be the conservative Karens and say... You are ruining the youth of today, wherein D Snyder comes through and outclasses everybody. And he's like, actually, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't partake in any illicit or illegal activities. I have a child. My band is fun. We don't promote any of these kinds of horrific things. That's it. So I, I really support D Snyder, even though I don't listen to Twisted Sister. And like I said, I highly, highly, highly suggest if you want to watch that you watch this hearing on YouTube. It's on YouTube. All the parts are there separately if you want to just watch one particular part. D. Snyder coming in there dressed the way that he normally did and purposefully not wearing a suit, purposefully not slicking his hair back and looking a certain kind of way, that was to throw them off their game and make sure that they knew, like, you can't judge me by the cover of what I look like and the cover of my band's albums and he came in there and he outclassed everybody he actually has this to say that i thought would be a great way to kind of end this episode here he says i was the poster boy for everything wrong with society let's cut to 25 years later he said this in 2010 i'm still married none of my kids have been busted for drug possession can al and tipper gore say the same thing i don't think so He then went on to say this, he actually has his own website where he talks about this entire event, which I think is really interesting. So he says, while initially my appearance at those Senate hearings was damaging to my career and reputation, long-term it was beneficial, showing people for the first time that I was much more than a screaming, raggedy Ann on acid and a fairly intelligent, sentient human being. Fortunately, I have gone on to better things. My art nemesis Al and Tipper Gore are long divorced, while this October 23rd, my wife Suzette and I will celebrate our 34th wedding anniversary. You're damn right I'm bragging. I wasn't throwing stones at their glass house, and I can proudly say for the last 30 years, I have stood by, lived, and represented every single statement and claim I made in my speech that faithful September day. FYI, it was my son's third birthday. Let it be known, if the threat of government censorship ever rears its ugly, perfectly coiffed head again, I am ready, willing, and able to drag my shaggy mop top back into battle. So that, in a nutshell, is essentially the story of the very famous PMRC committee hearing with the likes of Dee Snyder, Frank Zappa, and John Denver, and music censorship as a whole. In the 80s, and what they were trying to achieve, and my personal thoughts on it all. I just wanted to sit down and really kind of think about everything that they were trying to do in terms of censoring music and why it doesn't work. And I just thought this was a good episode for me to kind of, you know, give my thoughts and. I'm curious to see if you guys share similar thoughts or if you have different thoughts and opinions, you can always feel free to head on over to my Instagram and follow me there and chat with me there. Or you can leave a comment under this podcast, I believe on Spotify, there's an option for you to respond and share what your thoughts were on this podcast. Also, if you're not following, please feel free to follow the podcast and rate thank you very much. That would be very helpful. And as well, if you'd like to monetarily support the podcast, there are links in the description for you guys to check those out as well. Um, So thank you guys very much for taking the time to sit down and listen to this podcast and have a bit of a hash with me today. Um, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hope you learned something today that you hadn't known about before. And I will see you guys next Wednesday for another episode of On The Mix. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.